<laughs> when I was out there using if God was dealing coke, I would have gone to God. I would have knocked on God's door at three in the morning. I would have, I have no, oh, it's God. I don't want to get that from him. <laughs> it's free. I don't like that idea. <laughs> it's sort of like if you're, if you're uh, dying of thirst and, in, and you won't take the glass of water because someone's wearing a shirt you don't like. It's insane. You're dying of thirst. You know? And a lot of times when the people speak in recovery, there's an assumption like there's a choice involved. Yeah? That they sort of just, uh, they can take it or leave it. But if you end up in recovery, it's usually a damn good indication you better take it. <laughs> because usually people don't go right to recovery. They usually go to bars and jails and institutions, then they end up maybe in recovery. So... This idea, I remember I, spoke, I sat in a guy's car once for about an hour and a half, and his whole riff was just based on the assumption that he could or he couldn't. And I said, bro, if you, if you drink, I can, I can write your story. I can tell exactly where you're going to be on Friday. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you're, you're believing there's like this far, wide horizon of total, so many possibilities. They narrow unbelievably. Yeah. And then if you look at the, let's say in recovery, in, let's say in America, uh, you take a, a giant sociological study of people who are drinking and using alcoholically, let's say, yeah? And you take a, and you figure, all right, where do a lot of them end up? And so there would probably be pre, uh, three prime parking spaces. Most of their, their life's vehicles would end up parking. That would be institution, jails, and death. There would be tons of them would end up in those three same parking spaces. You don't see something there? You don't see that what you may take is very personal and it's just, it's just happening this way. It's happening this way to a lot of people. <laughs> and they end up at the same place as a lot of people. You know? And so you get this giant convention of terminal, unique people <laughs> still not able to get the... The, uh, the commonness of what's going on that something's taken this opportunity over if I say it took me over that's just the language restrictions yeah? but let's say this opportunity of being alive or whatever's going on here that, that strain of mind or let's say a, a mental parasite called alcoholism has taken this over and so basically you can take everyone to study every unique supposed uh, possibility that's been taken over, but they would show the same traits. Because the dominant theme wouldn't be yours, and yours and yours, it would be the alcoholism. Yeah? So you could track it. And after a while, people have tracked it so they can tell you, hey, if you're here and you continue what you're going to do, this is what it's going to be like in a little while. And they're pretty much on the money. Yeah, it's not like a stock market. They're pretty clear that, all right, if you're here as where you are right now, and you do this or don't do this, this is where you're probably going to end up. And, you know, so this idea, of, uh, this idea of God, and this night, on this Thursday night, they were talking about experience is the best teacher. Yes? And everything I say, when I say a state, you know, there is no state, but there seems to be states. Okay, so we'll talk at, talk it from there. So here, all right, experience is the best teacher. So, okay, what happens when you finally end up in, let's say, recovery, or you're at a rehab, or something occurs, and 
you start look you start learning from your experience because the whole game has been suspended and you're on the sidelines. So you can sort of look at what's been going on. Yeah? And so what happens is your experiences will indicate something. That there's a prior state of mind that's defeating you in a sense, yeah? Or defeating this opportunity. The experiences will point to the failed, the failed system that you've been relying on. That's the importance of the experiences. So you'll have a, an experience of a bottom, but it's you're going to have a lot more bottoms unless that experience dictates into a revelation of, hey, I'm fucked, you know, or I'm screwed, and something has to stop, or I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So the point is, we're suffering the influences of a state of mind called alcoholism. Yeah? And it's dictating the experiences we're having. In other words, it's sort of like a premixed tint of yellow, and whatever you come up against during your day, it's going to be tinted with that yellow. In other words, the state is going to have a much more overriding influence than your, your unique experiences that day. Yeah? Unique experiences are all confined by the framing of the state. Okay? So, in recovery, they, 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 they identified the state that we're mostly suffering under, which is alcoholism. But alcoholism is just a subframe of a bigger state called self-centeredness. Yeah? So self-centeredness is a state of mind, or, or let's say a system of mind, that influences all the experiences that are going to be had in this life. Yeah? In other words, every one of those experiences is going to be tinted with that little bit of yellow. And so everything's going to look pretty yellow after a while. Yeah? So the, the spiritual idea in, in, in recovery is to wake up. Yeah, to wake up, to have a spiritual awakening. It doesn't say spiritual experience, because you can have tons of spiritual experiences or what you call a spiritual experience. They will not add up to a spiritual awakening. Yeah, because experiences are not a state. Yeah? There are events that are influenced by a state, but they're not a state. They're just experiences. They come and go, you know, you have tons of them all day. Yeah. They all seem different, but they're being influenced by the ones, the state that you're resting in, and the mind's resting in. So, you can have tons of spiritual experiences, you can have epiphanies, you can have all these things, but they won't, you can't total it up and then go to a notary public, like a spiritual notary public, and get your awakening stamped. All right, you have an authentic awakening because this and this and this and this has happened. Some, some, a lot of great masters have said, don't get caught up in the phenomena. Like, don't get caught up in the powers and this and that, because it really has nothing to do with it. Because those are experiences, yeah? Go see where, see the state. Go to the states, because the states are the much more... See, this is like you see one cloud, and then you see a, a, a shot of sun, but the dominant thing is the weather front, Yeah? The weather front is basically dictating the atmosphere or the weather of that day. It may break for a little while, then it may, you know, get windy or this and that, but there's a weather front. Yeah? Yeah. So that weather front is actually, you could see it's basically the mother and father of what you experience of uh, calling that day its weather, yeah, is the weather front. So the weather front's sort of like a state of mind. So you're in this state of mind called self-centeredness, and it's tinting everything you see so, to a point where life isn't, isn't sensed or experienced as it's, as it's happening, it's experienced as it's happening to you. See, that's incredible. So, all your experiences will be used as a pointer to point to the you 
the grand old experiencer, yeah? And that experiencer is a freaking old idea, this idea of Marilyn or John or Paul and this and that, yeah? It represents an idea, and as soon as the experience is claimed by that sense of experiencer, then all the ideas of that experience it downloads into the experience. Yeah. So you get you give everything all the meaning it has. Not you as what you are, but you as who you think you are. That sort of that's like the funneling of a certain subset of, of meaning, and every every meaning you're going to give everything is how it refers to you. That's basically how you're going to see things. That's not seeing. That's a form of looking. It's been manipulated. Yeah, you didn't have it when you were a kid. That's why it says in recovery, you grew into fear so you can outgrow fear. You can outgrow the fear because the fear is coming from a state of mind. Yeah? Look at how many experiences you have every day, and yet no, most of your days are tinged with anxiety or fear. That's not an experience. That's coming from a state of mind. You're resting in a state of mind that's unreliable, so you're anxious. That you're not going to get what you want, or you're going to lose what you have. Yeah. So that's going to follow through every experience of that day. Maybe something really ha good, nice happens to you, but the experience will be stunted by, well, nothing ever happens to me nice. <laughs> Some freaking idea will just clamp down, squeeze it, vice it into it, and here it was. That was, a, that was, a, that was an abnormality. Something happened nice to me. Get that out of the way, because you got a storyline, nothing ever happens nice to me. Yeah? You don't see it? It's good to see this. That it's it's not so. The idea a lot of a lot of people I see they want to have a spiritual experience. Yeah? They want to be the basic state. This idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, and they want to acquire spiritual experiences for that state to make the state a little better. Yeah, because all these self-centered experiences are starting to wear thin. So they figure out, oh, I'll go to this little new market, you know, like Thursday night, like the, the farmer's market. I'm going to go to the spiritual market, go to a meeting like this, or sit and meditate, or take a class, and then like that. But it's sort of like you're trying to get an experience and then glue it on to what you are, what you think you are, so that this will become spiritual, or more spiritual. <laughs> As if you put if you put enough spiritual experiences on it, it'll become more spiritual. <laughs> you don't see that as a failed thing. I mean, your if your inherent state is spirit, yeah, then you'll be actually defeating the recognition of that by trying to add spiritual experiences onto it. Yeah, it doesn't need any additions. Yeah. The best thing you can do is subtract, maybe. <laughs> Participate in a subtraction, but no adding on to. It's more than enough. Yeah. It, everything you add on to it actually, in a way, can be used to distort its, its, its radiance, in a sense. Yeah? All your attempts to make it more radiant is a way of distorting its innate radiance. You know, just leave it be in a sense. You know, I mean, I don't go, I don't sit here and coax the sun to be more sunlight. You know, I just, I surrender to it. I lay down and I get a tan or something. <laughs> it's not like more sun, <laughs> move over here. You know, it's just, it's basically sun. All right, all right. <laughs> you know, I had enough. You go inside, isn't that? It's, I don't really have any role in it other than to submit myself 
you know, to submit the seeming uh, position I'm in, to, to align myself with the sun or not. And if I don't align myself with the sun, you better believe an artificial sun will take place, which will be you. You'll think you're the center of the universe. And then you'll be wondering why the orbits of all these planets don't seem to be going your way. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be the true, the true perfect point of reference. <laughs> you as an action figure that comes and goes. <laughs> so, there is that stup- stumbling block of experience where you want to equate something that's a state, and I'm just using it, it's not a state, it's stateless, but I'm using it just as a way to compare to an experience. You're attempting to have an experience of what can't be experienced, yeah? You don't really experience self-centeredness, you, ex- you experience experiences that have been tinted or, or died in self-centeredness, Yeah? Because one day you'll have the same experience and it won't be died in self-centeredness. You'll be feeling pretty good and it'll have a totally different effect. And the same experience the next day, died in self-centeredness will be another form of being bonded again. Yeah? So it's really not the experience. It's The experience is like a carrier or a vehicle for that state to express itself. Yeah? And a lot of times, most of us are caught in the consequential level, so we really don't know what's going on. We don't know where all of this stuff's coming from. We think it's coming at us. Yeah, we don't see the role we play. Yeah, like in the Course in Miracles, it would say projection is prior to perception. On the experience, experiential level, perception seems to be the is the reality. You perceive something, and and because you perceive it, you lend itself a reality. Oh, that's real. I've seen it. You know, I felt it. I tasted it. I touched it. I thought about it. Yeah? Course of Miracles trying to ch- get you closer to the horse instead of the cart and say, no, the mind's projecting, and then there's a discovery of it here as the action figure through perception. Yeah? And you believe your, your perceptions are keen that you're real and what you're seeing is real, but in the Course of Miracles view, it's a mind dreaming in a sense. So you're seeing the reality that you're giving something is based on the reality that's been given to you. I'm real, therefore every other thing is real. And so now I'm a real, another thing is real, and what needs not to seem real is no thing. Because that would just gum up the whole fucking story. Yeah? I want to have a little no thing, but I want to make sure there's a lot more thing than a, and then get a little no thing. Sort of like a, like a salt or a pepper on my fucking meal. I don't want, I don't want to change my diet. I just got to throw a little no thingness in there, sprinkle it very, very meagerly. Yeah? Because I want to have a lot of me in there. <laughs> it goes down easier that way. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't gonna work, you know. It hasn't this far. It's not going to. It's not gonna miraculously finally work. <laughs> a failed system is pretty much gonna stay true to its nature, which is it's gonna fail. <laughs> if we rely on it to to be the one that gauges and navigates the happiness, joyousness, and freedom, you're gonna be on that cruise a long time. <laughs> you're gonna have to have a lot of entertainment to keep your eye off the ball because the ball ain't showing up in your court. <laughs> you're always gonna be seeking, 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 acquiring, 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 doing, 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 having, having, having. Yeah? Yet never arriving because you can't arrive where you're at if you think it's not there. Yeah? 
if you forgot that you're the goal or the destination or everything, then, and you place it even an inch away, that inch is, is, is in your view, is, as, is so powerful it can distort you from everything. You know? I, I used to always call it like a, everyone's in their own special somewhere in everywhere. <laughs> and they want to get a little everywhere, but they want to bring it to their special somewhere. Where the point is, is to realize somewhere isn't everywhere. Yeah? If you give up the somewhere, what's going to happen? Find out. But my experience is, you're going to be influenced, or this event's going to be incredibly influenced by everywhere. So, you may still be centered, but it won't be on self anymore. You'll be centered, yeah? And it's a total different way to travel self-centeredly and centeredly. Totally different. Totally different. Because now the mind has moved from a failed state of mind to, let's say, a more workable state of mind. And maybe the most workable state of mind isn't a state at all. Yeah? You just leave a failed, structured state of self-centeredness and then your mind sort of like becomes free-ranging, yeah? It doesn't need to have any state to rest in anymore. It rests in and of itself, yeah? Which is everywhere at all times with no requirement necessary. So it doesn't even need to have like an like a, a intermediate state to get to to make it a little easier to leave the last state. That, that's a little dance, but basically your mind is in a stateless condition prior to all conditions, yeah? You can rest there, and, in, and that rest is totally different. It's sort of like if you fell in a hole, and as you were going down, your, men, your mental, the narration in your head got more and more anxious, and was grabbing for some fucking thing to stop its fall, yeah? And after a while, if something happened where it couldn't, and it gave up, then suddenly what it was trying to use as hands would be realized as wings, yeah? That it's flying in that uncertainty. These weren't meant to grab and have, they were meant to flow with, yeah? These mental ideas. We have this mental movement, and we think they're hands to grab and get and have, but they're basically like wings to sort of fly. Yeah, yeah why not? So what we do, I believe in recovery, and, and in this, these talks, is just point out some of the qualities of the failed system and point out the basic mechanism why the failed system seems to be so stubbornly attached to this event. Yeah? Even though we have tons of evidence it doesn't work, we still seem to rely on it every day. Yeah, why is that? Well, my experience, or what happened with me, was I saw that it's the act of being identified as it. Yeah? Really, that's simple. That's simple. The act of being identified as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a body. Yeah? Even if you think you're a spiritual thing, you're thinking it's sort of in the constraints of a body idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got to take care of my spiritual, my spirit like a body. You know, I got to take my spirit out for a walk. I'm on a spiritual journey. That spirit goes on a journey. It's only bodies that go on journeys. Yeah. Do you ever see a spirit, you know, get go to a travel agent? I got a book, a flight. It's fucking not flying anywhere. There's no s fixed reference where it has to leave from or get to. But the whole idea of quote-unquote spirituality has been framed with a body identification. I'm on a journey. I've been to the to the to the mountaintop, and I've been thrown into the valley. What gets thrown to a valley, and what goes to a mountaintop? A body. Yeah. You don't, 
at the time the spirit's on the mountaintop, it's not in the valley? I mean, you think, oh, the spirit left the valley, went to the mountaintop, and then fell back. No, there's no non-spirit. <laughs> you know, where can you say it starts, and where can you say it stops? It's not in form. Yeah? It doesn't, it's not like what you are is behind your cheekbone and stops there, and then this is no man's and no woman's land, and then there's John. So we're always always navigating in, in space, but we don't give it any credit. We just use space to get in touch with other things in space, never realizing we are the space. <laughs> oh, I know. I love space, but as a thing, yeah. <laughs> I sure need a little bit of that space I'm loving. This thingness is getting claustrophobic. Shit. My stick is like I can't sell it on 7th Avenue. Like, it's very thin, this thingness. So we like, I like to see what we're not, you know, because you can. You have the awareness. The difference is the awareness gets captured by the mental process, and then instead of seeing what's going on, you're looking from a certain thing that's going on, which is self-centeredness, yeah? It's going on. It's a possibility being offered by a mental process, but we can see that offering and abstain. Not as a person, because if there's a feeling of being a person, you've already bought the offering. <laughs> see, the way you know you're in it is when you think there's a you in it. <laughs> and then there's a drive to want to get out of it. That's how you really know you're in it. Yeah. So you start assuming that you have a choice, but at that point you don't have a choice. You're already in it. Yeah. The thing is, are you truly in it? If you're not in it, yeah. If you're not in it, or let's just say this idea of being bound or bonded to this idea of being a self, we want to get relief from that. But the relief is prior to the bondage. It's not after the bondage. Yeah? For the bondage to seem real, certain things have to be in place. You have to believe you're something to be, that could be bonded, yes? The solution is prior to that belief, not after it. If the belief's already in place, you're going to be, have the experience, experience of being bound. It's not true, but you'll have an experience of it. And then you hopefully are wanting to get an experience of being free. But most cases, what you use to get an experience of being free from the bondage turns into a bondage. Yeah? And so on and so forth. And there you go. Experience, you know, I'm, I was bonded today. I got three hours of massage. Now I feel liber liberated. Then my girlfriend didn't want to go to the movie. Now I'm bonded again. You know, it goes on and on all day. You feel like you're going, oh, I've surrendered. No, I took it back. I've been, I'm surrendered now. Everything's going my way. I can surrender. Oh, this person doesn't like me. I'm, I'm bonded, you know. That's on an experiential level. That has no fucking weight. There's no substance. You can't rely on it because its nature is the shift, yeah? from one to the other. So if you have, if let's say the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity is truly in place, then in a sense, you're already bonded to that idea. Yeah? You're already bonded if the feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, the doer, the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, yes? The act of being the proprietor of something you have nothing to do with, that thing, if that's in place, then you're going to have an idea that you're bonded. And that, that which is the bonding agent is also going to want to get free. 
but as the bonding agent. So the self will want to get out of the self, but as a self. Which is that this is one of the things everyone runs into. Self can't get out of self. You can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. And that's what most of us are doing all day. We're using the Buddha to seek the Buddha. We're using the mind to seek the mind. We're using self wants to get, get out of self as a self. So the self is in the experience of being bonded, and then it's also, very, very curiously, is in the experience of being free. But it's in, ex- it's in the experience of being bonded. You need to be free from both. Yeah? Free from the one who believes it's bonded, and free from the one who believes it's free. Because you're neither of them. That's what, we, that's what stabilizes being bonded and free and bonded and free doesn't stabilize. That's its stabilization. It's like a teeter-totter. That's how it works, yeah? But if you take the axis out of it, which is the idea of you, you were there when you were free and you were there when you were bonded. And I'm saying that's, you're not there. So an experience of freedom comes. You don't fucking you know, set up a big parade and call all your friends. Oh, I'm free. And then because an hour later you'll feel bound. So you disregard both, and that's the freedom. It's like free from the need to be liberated. Not, li- not liberation, but free from the need to be liberated. Not freedom from bondage, but freed from the idea of being bonded or freed. Yes? Get, in other words, instead of trying to move yourself over to one side of the bath and thinking like the water isn't the same, you know what I mean? This... You know, have you seen a bath they're trying to do with cars now when they have two temperature gauges? But there's not a wall, you know? Suddenly heat's going to move from this side over to the other side where they want to keep... You can't... Where's the membrane that's going to stop that moving? You know? So it's all like being in a tub. Oh, this, this side's too hot. I want to move to the cold side. <laughs> you know? There's, there's no way. They cross. There's no boundaries. So there's no boundary to dualistic expression of freedom and bondage. Yeah? The freedom is from both. Yeah? Freedom from both. Freedom from the conce- conceptual constraints that seem to be a given if you're identified as a body. So it's not like breaking the conceptual restraints. Just see if you're a body or not. If you're not, then you're not dictated by those constraints. They arise, but they don't bond you. And therefore, the need to get free doesn't kick in. And so therefore, you're inherently free at that moment, because you were never bound. Then your mind can rest. I mean, truly rest. Because the tide isn't going this way and that. That's the whole... That's the context. The context isn't swinging this way and that way. That's content. Yeah? We're taking ourselves to be of content. And so what we're in, we're taking ourselves to be of. Jesus says you're in this world, but you're not of this world. We're taking, the mind's taking ourselves to be in the world and of the world. It's taking itself to be in the world of things, which is fine, but it's taking itself to be of the world of things, which is a mistake. It's not seen correctly. It's not seen clearly. And that distortion builds and geometrically progresses. So on and so on. It fills up the day with yesterday and tomorrow. Over and over and over again. 
can't do it forever, but it can do it for a finite amount of time. It can easily do it for 70 years of a seeming life. This isn't about finding a savior. Don't add getting another fucking teacher. This is about finding it in and of yourself. Listen to some simple invitations, some simple ideas to, to entertain, and see what happens. If they open you up, no one opened you. The opening just occurs, yeah? No one came there and opened you up. Because what happens if it's a teacher that did it and they're not around? You think it's an insurance by getting every DVD they've ever put out, have tons of tons of pictures in your house reminding you of it? It's still not going to fucking save your ass because your past doesn't need to be saved. Just find out, you know. Because if you find out, if the ex- if this experience finds out, it is the greatest teacher. You'll be convinced. Just like you were convinced when suddenly one day a surrender occurred and, and I went into AA, I was convinced I was screwed. I, I knew with certainty, and there was a surrender that was offered, and now I can entertain what was offered that one moment. I know what surrender means to me, and I have an incredible, vivid sense of what it means, and I can, my mind can entertain it freely. Yeah? Because, you know, if it isn't where you are at all times, what value does it have? With no requirement necessary. The only place the requirements are are in our seeming side, not on the side of nothing. It has no requirements. If just like when you do service in recovery. You do service, maybe your experience, it was mine. You did service, and then what I would feel would be I felt available, and I would express it as I felt larger, I felt more open, I was like more brighter, because I came out of the ass of self doing us, you know, paying attention to someone else going on. It's a simple, a simple like a proctology procedure. <laughs> Pops you right out, service. You'll, right out of the ass, the anus of self, you'll be pulled right out. And you'll have a minute or two out here and see what happens. You know? And what happens is when you're born into the moment, not, clo- not clothed or distorted by selfing, you feel available. You feel your real size, which is pretty damn large. You know, like very spacious. Okay? Then in that spaciousness, something else dawns in you. You sense a presence. And because we, we're fumbling with how we know things, we give it an idea and we call it the higher power or God or the Christ or Krishna, whatever. But then we're just attempting in our, our, our failed, meager way to try to give it a meaning conceptually. But we sensed it. And so we call it the higher power. Okay? Now if you do service quite a lot, this will happen quite often. You'll come out of the S of self. And after a while you won't even need the profit. You'll have, you'll be your own enema in a sense. You won't have to go in and get it pulled out. Yeah? So there you go. So you come out and then you feel what? You feel available and then you sense a presence. Okay. What happened with me, finally, once I came out Felt available, sense of presence, but I realize I'm the presence. Yeah. What's being sensed now? I'm that. Yeah? I'm the presence. This changed everything.
Because now I wasn't up the ass of self. I didn't need that, that incredible, sometimes invasive procedure <laughs> of getting my ass pulled out of it. And so now I realize, geez, okay, from the point of view of being a person, there's a necessity in this life for Paul, I have to do service because I have the tendency to you know, crawl back up the ass of self because there's a lot of familiar things up there you know, <laughs> and I feel safe and stuff. Yeah? And so I tend to find myself in that room without even knowing that I was t- intending to go there. You know? and, it's sometime, and I don't come out willingly all the time. So someone has to go pull it out. Right? So now... I see, okay, in that state, I've got to do service to get at least a little glimmer of availability so I can sense the presence of what's really going on here. Yeah? A little bit of that goes a long way up the ass of self. (laughs) Allow you to sort of sleep better at night and shit. But when I came out and realized I was never in, yeah? So now I, I am the presence, which means I'm always available, and therefore I am of service. Yeah? So even when I'm not doing something formally called service, I'm of service. Yeah? In other words, my use is now not, not uh, restrained by some kept conceptual framework. I realize what I am is of service here. Being aware of that, that availability, makes it, makes it obvious here. And that's it, man. That's the greatest service of all. The greatest service of all is when what's happening or someone can construe something in you that's certain, yeah? That there's a certainty in the spirit, let's say. That is an incredible invitation to be the envelope for, yeah? Walking around. Yeah? Incredible invitation. It's the greatest gift you could ever give anyone, which is nothing. So they finally find the real power within themselves or that unsuspected inner resource. Yeah? And they can finally rest there. Not with all these tricks and, you know, you know, nuts and gears to get it all just right. You know, you get the Ave Maria CD and then you get the water just right and it's candles. That's fine. That's an experience. But what about a state where you can always rest in it? It's always available at all times, right where you ever are. That's going to lend itself to, an, to, to, to this experience of this place quite greatly. Because now, instead of everything being tinted yellow, it's going to be like a rainbow tint. Yeah? It's just beautiful in a lot of ways. And every, every expression, you'll see it, you can root it back to where it's coming from. You'll realize that you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. That you and I are the dreamer of this dream. And that we forgot that we're dreaming this dream, and we've given everything we've dreamt the power to affect us. You'll see it. You'll see 50 years of life (coughs) be analyzed by that one sentence. You'll see the template will lay over all of your huge story that's been written arduously every night. You know, they fucking me, this and that, and I'm no good. Tons of that stuff. This template goes on it, and you realize, Jesus, Jesus, I'm the dreamer of this dream. I forgot that I'm a dreamer. How did I forget that I'm a dreamer? I'm remembering that I'm a, I'm a dreamt object. I'm remembering that I'm a body all fucking day. That's how I forget that I'm a dreamer. All right? It's not like you just forgot it. There's an activity to keep the forgetfulness in place, and that's remembering self. The small s, the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Or if you want to describe its functionality, the idea of being the doer, and the haver, and the seer, and the feeler, and the thinker. Yeah? That, that's, that position, that position 
of being prior to all these processes that you're the processor. Yeah? This is this is the selfie. That's the act of selfie. So at this exact moment, the seemingly, seeming bondage is available. What's always available is available. Yeah? It's just where your mind goes. The mind wants to go up the ass of self, it will. And then everything will seem as real as real can be. And then when the whole catastrophe blows over, you'll realize it never re- it was no big deal. How many earth shattering events do you have every week? And does the earth ever shatter? No. It's all a fucking story. Constantly, on and on, and then we co-sign everyone else's. I can't stand it when people call me and start talking to me about how screwed, how screwed they are right now by what's not happening. It just blows my mind. That could stop in a second. How? What do I need to do? Nothing. Just realize it's not happening. At least entertain it. That it's possibly not happening. Can you taste it? Can you feel it? I feel like I can feel it, but I know you can't. You're not feeling it. You just feel like you're feeling it. You're not feeling it. It's not happening. You're feeling another mentality. Something that made it up. You believe you're going to get to the end and get to your original cause of disease? There's no original cause of disease. It's just disease. You got, let's say you got all the therapy in the world, got finished with all your little hang-ups of your, your family of origin on Earth, then you would be going to your family of origin on Mars. Gotta go, I'm true, let me go with my alien life. To explain why I'm screwed now. You're screwed now, basically, because there's a someone that can be screwed. The screwing becomes possible when there's a someone who can be screwed. That's it. The screwing is just an event. But the screwing becomes possible, made possible by you, by the position the mind's in. Yeah? If, I, if I'm a per- someone, I can be screwed. <laughs> I'm definitely. <laughs> and you don't get screwed once, it's like over and over again. Wow, incredible. And so let's say, you know, in recovery we say, all right, take actions, and then, you know, you'll do everything that you can do, yeah? And then you put the ball down. And it's true sometimes. Okay, I'm in trouble, and I, all right, so I'm going to call up the IRS, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get a lawyer. And then there's a point where you've done everything you can do. Now you've got to see what happens. Yeah? When does that happen in thinking? When, I, when have you thought enough about something? When does it ever stop? Oh, well, I thought enough about that. Oh, but wait, let me come in again. You lost the keys. This, you, are, you always lose the keys. So here, let's say I lose the keys to the car. All right, so what I do is I, re- I realize it, so what? I go try to trace back my steps. All right, I was at that restaurant. I was at that place. I call the places up. And did anyone find the keys? No, 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 no. All right, so it gets to a point. It's over. Yeah, and then I got just got to hope to find, and then it may come to me because the thinking is such a bogus process. Usually, it's when you exhaust the thinking, then the idea finally drops in. But what happens is it doesn't wait. Just after you've gotten everything you needed to think about done, and now it gets your little psychological head gets comes up. Your little yeah, you're a fucking loser of keys, man. You know, and you know what that means? That means you're a fucking loser. You know how many people lose their keys every week? And on and on. The thinking isn't going to stop. You can't call off those dogs. 
It's not like action. All right, I've done enough. It's never enough thinking. <laughs> you go home and think about it. It spawns twenty more problems. Yeah, it's like rabbits, fucking you know, spawning more rabbits all day. Oh, they look so nice and cuddly because they're about you, and then you're sworn by them. You got eight thousand of them all over you. You can't go to bed till four in the morning, and you didn't even lose the keys. They've been in your pocket the whole time. And what happens next time? Same thing, though. Exact same. Goes off. You go see a lousy movie to just keep your mind off of it. Do that Die Hard 8, you know, you're so fucking sick of Bruce Willis, but you just keep, there's nothing else you can do. On and on and on and on. We're trying so hard to, you know, just live with pearls of water to put out that mental fire. We live in total fear of it, you know. One thought breaking, oh no, here they come. A terrible thought. <laughs> oh Jesus, raping and pillaging my my Saturday. Now it's all fucking ruined. Jesus, I just didn't think. Well, you are a thought. The feeling of being you is a thought. And that's what aligns us with the thought system. We take ourselves to be a thought, and all the other thoughts are used to facilitate and reinforce that idea. That's why we have so many of them popping up. We're not the we're not the rabbit owner. They just show up and they spawn on their own. Yeah. But every while, every time one of them shows up, it's it's held as my thought. This is my rabbit. Now you're stuck with it. Now you got to feed it. And if you just make one little flinch, it's on you. Does it remember? You see it? It's sort of like it goes to the front door. Paul, you're a loser. You don't answer. All right, goes to the window and tries to sound like the wind. Loser! 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 Like the sirens of Ulysses. And just waiting for a flinch. If you, oh, I think I can move. And then, it's like a hurricane whisper. Then it goes to the cellar door. Then the skylights looking at you. And they're just waiting to see one little mental flinch. You know, one little mental muscle go, like you have a little bit of leap in it. Blam! You know, it's on you, isn't it? Jesus Christ, it's like waiting to pounce. We think we can keep it at bay by being busy and by accruing value. Oh, if I just do a lot of good things, it'll, it'll give me a break, doesn't it? Give me a break. What, if, you drop, if you drop one good thing out of your good thing schedule, you're just crucified. You know what I mean? I miss meditating this morning, your whole day. It's like rushing to get back to, med- to stillness. <laughs> What's the fucking point? You know, rushing to get back to stillness. You think stillness is produced? It's making available. Again, you're written into the story. You're the big enchilada. I'm going to do myself into stillness. Of course, I totally believe I can undo. I can do myself out of it. Yeah. The power lies in the identification as. That's where the power lies. That's the distribution center. That's the center of distribution. If that's in place, it's just riffing now. It's just riffing all freaking day. You've got to cut it off at the supply line. Yeah? You've got to see, maybe entertain, are these thoughts mine? Follow one down back. Follow a stream of thoughts and see where the hell, did you know you were going to think it before it was thunk? Did you? Did you know? Oh, I just thought I saw it coming from uh, Orlando. No. It appears, because there's awareness, there's a field of consciousness, and then it's made into something based on how we're looking at it. 
We're not seeing it, because if you were seeing it, you would see it as just that. Yeah? Thought, a thought. We call it thought. It's just a, basically. But as soon as you look at it from self-centeredness, it's my thought, or it's about you. Yeah? That's the bonding. The bonding didn't happen 10 years ago at 9.35 in Marin City. It's a possibility being offered now. The mental process is offering it all the time. And there's something also on offer which is never noticed because it's always been offered. It's not produced by a system. It's your inherent nature. Yeah? That's like a carte blanche invitation that you never seem to realize because you don't get it. You don't receive the invitation. The receive the invitation is in place prior to where you show up as this little action figure. Yeah, it's a carte blanche, always available invitation. It's not in a special envelope with your name on it. Yeah, it's available. It's just like when something's always so. It's very very rare that you notice it. It's only when there's intermittent this and that, this and that, that we notice stuff. Yeah. This is, cannot be noticed. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't taste it. It's not of an experiential quality. Yeah? It's of a, a, it's of a no-thing quality. You sense it. Yeah? You sense it because you are it. You don't sense it because it's something that you can sense. You sense it because you can't sense it. You sense it because you are it. You are what's looking. You're not what you're going to find by looking for. You are what's looking. You are that essence of what's looking. You are the essence of what's hearing, but it can't be heard. You are the essence of what's feeling, but it can't be felt. Yeah? It can influence feelings. It can influence everything. And that's what you get. The flavor isn't, isn't in the one candy bar. It's in all the candy bars. Yeah? The essence is dispersed. It becomes an influential event, yet it's never seen as an experience. Yeah? But it influences all your experiences. Just like self-centeredness is influencing all your experiences now. You can't be more influenced than life's happening to you. That's an incredibly huge interpretation of an event called life, that it's seen as it's happening to you. And then you'll entertain it. You're entertaining so much stuff now. It's not like, oh, I just got so much stuff I'm entertaining. I can't, that's it. Your ability to entertain is fathomless. It's just that we're not hearing certain ideas that, are, to me, are worthy to be entertained. Yeah? We keep entertaining, you know, the length of my pants, or do I have a pimple on my face, or, you know, Jesus Christ. But to see, but to entertain it is just that. It's just like looking at this open space. You're not looking at anything particular because the looking isn't meant, the seeing isn't anything particular. It's just a dispersed event, yeah? The looking is when you go for particularity. We're trying to make what's not particular particular. That's why we've lost it in a sense, because you'll never find it that way. Never. It's a dispersed, it's an open aperture, it's a relaxed awareness, yeah? There's no vigilance needed. 
It's, it's, it's so you can never match its vigilance with any any fucking contrived vigilance that you seem to have conjure up. No way. It's prior to all your forgetting it and remembering it. Yeah. If you know of its nature, you'll have a whole sense of something that's so contrary to the sense you have about things. Yeah. Because it's not other thing. So people say, well, that's just a men- mental trick. But if you get a real sense of it, you know it's absoluteness. You know it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary. You know it prior to knowing. Yeah? It's not another mental philosophy trying to make it so that you can try to navigate this place as a thing better. It's a revelation of some absoluteness. Yeah? There's no deviation in it. There's no interruption of it. There's no blinking involved in it. There's no opinion arising in it. There's no preference. It's not outshining this one day and then shining that one. Yeah? It's not of what we think. It's not of that. It doesn't have anything. It has everything that we can touch by our little thinking apparatus. It's not of any of that in its own nature. It's not. It's a total foreign foreignality in this place, in a sense. Yeah? <coughs> I mean, how many times have people described the, the day, the sky with the clouds that are in it, yeah? <clears throat> and the best they can say, well, it was cloudless, yeah? The cloudless is still the reference point. There was not a cloud in, there was not a cloud in the sky, yeah? Our head, the way we're <coughs> formatted, rooted in identification as a self, is we see things. <coughs> and the things have preference over no things. We see the chalkboard, we see the dot on the board, we don't get the sense of the board. It's just the way our perceptual apparatus is contrived. Yeah? To try to use that, those barometers, those, gauge, those gauges to pick up everything is a useless journey. It's pointless. All you'll do is pick up your own relevance in the looking for it. Yeah? You'll, it's just another form of being obsessed with the idea of being a self. Instead of knowing God and it being it, you'll know God and become a knower of it. <laughs> Stay clear of knowers of God, man. Scary fucking people. Because <laughs> then they know what's right for you. Because <laughs> God told them. <laughs> so, yes, that's it for today. Questions today? How you doing, man? Doing all right? Getting a good rest? Yeah. Good. Good. What's prayer? I don't know what it is. I guess it's, uh, to me, it's a vehicle, but what's being conveyed in it is more important than the vehicle. Yeah? So for me, when I was say prayers, it was like uh, I was conveying uh, being overmatched, so to speak. Yeah? here. So I'd pray. I'd be overmatched. When I came into recovery, I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't deal with life at all on life's terms. It was all seemed almost impossible. So, and before when I thought I was, when I was overwhelmed, I used to do something. To me, a prayer is taking the place of what I used to do and just stating I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. And I like some of them. We do it as a group, you know. It's sort of, it, it conveys something, an energy that I like. 
but in, in a way it's almost like a substitute. The real thing isn't available, it doesn't seem to be, so you need to sort of, you, you, uh, you become the pointer at the moon. You're not recognizing the moon, so a prayer is like pointing at it. You know, with the hopes that the moon will appear. I'm not doing it. I don't do it all. I don't have to pray much. Because, uh, I did it for five years once. My prayer every day when I got sober. Because when I, the worst time in my sobriety was when I woke up the first few years. The, the, the fear of, the fear, the, the anxiety was so heavy because I thought I was under the same managerial system. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know I was in recovery. I thought I was underneath my self tutelage and I was scared shit of how the day was going to go. So I'd immediately say a prayer. I'd say, you know, my name is Paul. I'm an alcoholic and I'm an addict. I'm powerless over alcohol. My life's unmanageable. I've come to believe that there's a power greater than me that can restore me to sanity. And I make a decision to turn my world, my life over to it. So I said that every morning for about five years, no matter who I was with or what first thing first yeah and then one day it stopped and I never did it again because what it was sort of replacing became available so why you have a prayer in other words if why you know uh, let's say you keep calling for so- inviting someone over and they finally come over do you call them anymore you know they're here you know now you enjoy the space They've arrived, so to speak, yeah? So, hey, please, da, 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 but now it's okay. You know, to keep doing would be stupid. You'd miss the guests, in a way. Yeah, yeah. And then what happens? You don't even ring now. You pick up the phone, it's there. <laughs> you don't even have to call. <laughs> it's like, look, how do you know? How did you know? <laughs> I didn't, it didn't even hear it ring. And they're on there. Yeah, yeah. That's how it happens. <laughs> so you give up the whole mechanism of calling because the call is, is the answer is already there before you even call. Yeah, it's always been available right where you are at all times. You just weren't seeing it that way. So you needed some kind of substitute, some kind of uh, paraphernalia in a way. Yeah, just like rituals and stuff. Rituals can be seen as an expression or like a calling with something you don't feel is available right now, yeah? But sometimes you can be in a ritual, but you're in the expression of it. It's just a dance, yeah? yeah. Anything else? Okay.